Welcome to the Hoops and Huddle podcast. I am Malika, joined by Brennan, the rubric who reviews the business side of sports. And today we are talking to our friend Dime Dropper. Dime Dropper is one of my favorites. Um, I met on Twitter. He is my hoops history person. Like this young cat, he's a young cat. Um, He just had a birthday. And he is tracing the history of basketball from the beginning. And I'm gonna let him introduce himself and show where he is now. But today we're gonna talk about his team, the Los Angeles Clippers, which has been causing him to pull his hair out the last few seasons. So <laughs> Dime, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and then we can be off to the races. Hey, thanks Malika, it's awesome to be here um, with both of you guys. Obviously, so much past experience doing the rewind with you. Yep. I'm really looking forward to doing more for winning time. That's starting. Yeah, Monday. Very, very soon. So I'm really excited for that. And of course, all the history of the game conversations. Um, the people that are really interested in learning about the past are the ones I really love talking to on there because it just feels like the discourse is a lot more civil, less toxic, mm-hmm. less emotions mm-hmm. involved. I feel like for me, that's when I really love conversing about basketball on Twitter when I'm learning about the stuff I didn't get to see. And you're one of those people that's always reading, always trying to learn. So I'm glad with my historic journey that I'm currently on, just finished the 1971 season. Malika wants me to, you know, rush through the process, but I tell her perfection takes time. I need to, I can't leave any stone unturned. So hopefully though, it won't be as long per year. I got to speed that process up. And I don't think 1971-72 season will be as long as I did for 71. But, and I document all my work on my YouTube channel, Dime Dropper. We can see all of it. I try to do some film breakdowns, some podcasts. In the future, Malika definitely will be there to talk, hopefully some Bulls Jordan, maybe even some other series, who knows? But I love doing- I'm excited. I love Dime and I love that he's taking every, he's reviewing every year. And another day we're gonna have you back because I haven't done any rewind episodes yet, shockingly. So um trying to figure out how to do those. That's my baby. Those are my like, you know, that's my thing. But um for right now, for tonight, we are gonna concentrate on the Los Angeles Clippers. Um I swear dime when the Clippers got Kawhi and Paul George, I was excited. I was like, you know what? They're gonna be my um, league pass team for the West Coast. I'm going to watch every game because Kawhi is one of my favorite players when healthy. And I've always appreciated Paul George's game. You know, like Kyan Anthony and Brandon Miller, they're GOAT. You know what I mean? Like, I, I appreciate um, PG. Um, so, I, you know, like, so I was excited. But we, we, when we have these discussions, we usually start off with ownership. How do you feel about Steve Ballmer as your owner? And what would you like to see different from him? And then we'll move forward um, and move to another topic. I absolutely love Steve Ballmer. I, I don't even mean to sound dramatic when I say this, but I think he's really changed my life. Like he's really helped my day-to-day happiness because you know how much the Clippers. <laughs> pay, you know, I live in LA, 19 years. I go to games, you know, the Clippers being such an affordable option for people. I mean, it allows us to really build this connection with the team where I can go to a game and say what's good to 
Reggie Jackson by the tunnel. You know what I'm saying? I just, Laker fans, a lot of them don't get that access. I myself, if I was a Laker fan, wouldn't be able to get that access because it's really just not affordable. And it never is, even when they're bad. But the Clipper games, that hasn't changed with Balmer. Um, and I think having a, an actual good person as the owner, you know, Donald Sterling is a racist slumlord. And we chose the team, us Clipper fans, not because of the owner. We didn't know about that stuff. At least I was seven years old. I didn't know about that stuff. I like the players on the team. So, you know, it's always great when your franchise is being represented by a really good businessman that every single person that works with them says mm -hmm. things about him personally, from players to coaches. And you see him out trying to interact with fans. You see him at every game cheering like a fan. And I wouldn't want to have any other person in charge of this team. He demands excellence. And Clippers and excellence in the same sentence, that was never a thing. As you guys know, growing up longer than I have watching the Clippers play basketball, they were a joke, the butt of jokes in movies. And to see an owner, we, he building his own stadium, buying the forum, like, come on, these are big money moves. And I love, I love that guy. As far as what I would want to change, I think the corny billboard era was a little, was a little bit of a force in 2020. I think we kind of felt the consequences of that from Laker fans clowning us with some of the slogans that Bomber would put around the city kind of you know taking subtle jabs at the Lakers and I think we we shouldn't focus on just being what the Lakers aren't I think we should focus on just building our own identity and I think they've started to realize that in terms of what goes on within the team and winning basketball games I think there are people under Bomber that I have to go to there I think Bomber's trying his best and it's hard for me to speak on the business decisions of the Clippers you think I don't think you're wrong there. I think he's one of the uh, probably more active owners in the league that really has a passion for. Oh yeah, uh, he was like that in Seattle. Uh, he he played ball, played in a lot of rec leagues and stuff like that. So he knew a lot of players uh, in the league that came from that area era. Compared to Mark Cuban, I think he's more of a fan than he is a actual basketball guy uh when i think about it like that uh what do you think about how they're approaching uh this upcoming season and uh some of the moves that they're making uh you know they're moving into this new stadium some uncertainty around the health or the stability of Kawhi. what do you think uh their front office and and what they're trying to do and how that's going to impact this season well this season they're clearly running it back um i was very public about the fact that i didn't want to do this again i, I think it's it's just inevitable injury to be honest and yep. if if they are healthy in the playoffs i don't believe they will have played 60 plus games in the regular season healthy so i just don't think our seating will be that great that affects our continuity I think rhythm is very important when it comes to winning a championship. I think you build that rhythm throughout a regular season and you often see your star players healthy. And so then there's the whole James Harden conversation. Do the Clippers want to go out and get James Harden? I personally, if you guys are real fans of this podcast, you should know how Malika thinks of James Harden and my views on him don't differ very much from hers. I don't want him anywhere near our team. Okay. I think this group, if they could stay healthy, hypothetically, can compete with just about anyone. And I'd go as far as just as being a Clipper diehard homer. I say if we're healthy, we're the second best team in the league after Denver. But they're not healthy enough. 
and that affects their rhythm, their chemistry throughout the season. So I think they're naive going into the season, just going, but I don't blame them. That's the thing, right? You just thinking to yourselves, if we could get one time Kawhi Leonard, Paul George healthy with Ty Lue as coach, yeah, happen. And we've never seen that. So in that sense, I don't blame them for running it back. I'm looking at it from a sense of, I don't believe in this, but I don't blame them after everything they've invested in these guys to give it one more go. I don't, I just don't think it's been very fun as a fan overall these last couple of years, truthfully. Okay. So it sounds like you are being more realist. I want them to be healthy. If they're healthy, they're number two team in the, in the league. You don't honestly believe they are. So you think they should make some moves, make some changes? If so, what should they be? Well, that's the thing, right? If you're going to trade Kawhi Leonard, then that means that there's no championship contention anymore. That's it. You okay. know, you're going to have to rebuild. Would you keep Paul George on the roster if that's the case? I mean, if you really just want to sell tickets and have a star, fine. But that's not a championship vision. You, If that's what you want to strive towards, then blow it up. As crazy as this sounds, I would still root for a team with Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and a bunch of younger players and be, and be saying, oh, this is cool. But then there's the other option, right? Trade Paul George and keep Kawhi. But I don't think we're a championship team without Paul George either. I don't think we're getting a star in, repl in replacement for Paul George, unless we wanted to pull the trigger on Harden for Paul George, yeah. which is not honestly that much worse in my opinion, but I would rather have Paul George. But would you call it a championship team with an unhealthy Paul George or Kawhi? No, of course. <laughs> they, have they have to be healthy. I mean, and then it to me, it's blow it up. That would be the option. But th that's a risk, of course. Guys, before we go deeper into the roster, I wanted to stay on because we're going to go to the roster after the front office. So I want to stay like kind of like you pretty much gave your um synopsis on i love steve Ballmer too i would love to have him over who we have brandon and i and Josai. um bluntly but you know let's move on to how do you feel about your gm like what's how do you feel about the job gm is doing um especially in the wake of the injury history and prolonged future injuries because you know Kawhi has a degenerative knee so how do you feel like he's building and with this new CBA, they don't have room because of the second apron, and they're, they're going to they're predicted to be over the second apron, so they they can't use their mid level exceptions. They have those kind of restrictions. What do you think? How, let's talk about your GM and how you feel about that. I think Lawrence Frank um, has done a very good job. I think a lot of Clipper fans are very you know on opposite ends of the spectrum with this some people think he's bad at his job and he's been poor building the team but i completely disagree i think trading blake griffin was a huge risk and a risk that ended up paying off given that blake griffin already had injury problems he was on a really bad contract and he only ended up getting more injured so we made the right move there and then to trade our best player in 2019 when we're having a good season and Tobias Harris and saying, we're doing that because we're, we're going all in for Kawhi this summer. I was thinking to myself when they did that, I remember waking up that morning when I saw we traded Tobias Harris after he had hit a game winner in Charlotte, by the way. I was like, this is this is ridiculous. Like we're, we're just, we have a chance to make the playoffs in this miracle season with no stars and now we're trading him. 
And yeah. and they're the Clippers are going in with an arrogance in the offseason that we can get Kawhi Leonard, a player of that stature, coming to the worst franchise ever. You really think Kawhi Leonard would pick the Clippers to come to? I was like, this is ridiculous. And the fact that they pulled it off and brought Paul George, like, I'm sorry. Yeah, it hasn't worked out for them, but come on. They blew the basketball world up with that move. The Clippers, like, you got to understand what this meant to me. I mean, and to us fans, to for a player to choose us, for, for, for us to pull it off. Clearly, Kawhi Leonard said, you better get me another star or I'm using Toronto and the Lakers as leverage. The Lakers is the ultimate leverage because if they hijack Kawhi Leonard, and now we're left with nothing, and they have the new NBA super team with Kawhi, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. I mean, we're back to the basement. Like, it's, it would have been so, I literally was at the gym one of these days during the free agent stuff, and I literally couldn't work out anymore. I had to leave. Like, I was so mentally distraught of the fact that the Lakers could get Kawhi. I was like, I may just stop watching basketball entirely. So, Lawrence Frank did that. And do you guys think, I'm going to ask you guys as basketball fans, do you guys think the Clippers roster has not been good enough since we got Kawhi or Paul George? Oh, it's been great. But there you go. You've answered yeah, my question. It's, it's, you He's can't. He's made some mistakes. Blame injury on them. Yeah, you can't blame injury on the decision makers. You can't. I'll give him some mistakes. I'll give you, I think signing John Wall was unnecessary, but I think that was player pushed. I think... What else was unnecessary? I think the Canard trade ended up being a bad one, going going all in for Eric Gordon. And then we also traded down with our pick, the pick that ended up being Cam Whitmore. So that was disappointing, but you know, you swing and, you swing and miss sometimes. And I think one of the moves also that was bad was starting last season without a true backup center. That was kind of arrogant, thinking that the Ty Lue small ball could be you know, efficient throughout the whole season. but. They made some mistakes, but overall, I think Lawrence Frank has done a great job improving the team. Okay. So you talked about one of the ones you mentioned that you thought were some problems was Canard uh, uh, and John Wall. You thought John Wall was, at the time, was a bad move at the time? I thought it was a good get. Uh, I expected more out of him, but I don't really understand what happened and why they got rid of him because he what i heard was hey he he was rejuvenated he was back in the league he was uh getting his legs back underneath him and then poof they decided to let him go he was so thankful to be there uh i couldn't i couldn't figure it out what happened so i thought our starting lineup going into the season and it was basically a variation of this was going to be reggie jackson paul george Kawhi leonard either Marcus Morris or Nicholas Batum. My vote was Batum, but he went with Morris and Zubats. So that was the starting five. And that was the starting five for the most part when everybody was healthy. Off the bench, we had two guards that were awesome for us in okay. 2022. Norman Powell and Luke Kennard. Okay. That's two guards already you got coming off the bench. Then you have Terrence Mann, who is integral to our perimeter defense. So that's three spots right there. Then... You've now added, we also have Nicholas Batum, who isn't starting if Marcus Morris is, who's obviously a guy that always plays. And then you have Robert Covington. That's five guys and you have no center. I didn't include a center there. That's a small ball lineup. Now you add John Wall. Now you have 11 players that have have a, have a case to be playing. And yeah. so what Tyloo would do was he would play three guards together. It would be Robert Covington, 
that would was ended up being the odd man out. So he'd play John Juan, Norman Powell, and Luke Kennard all together, none of which are great defenders anymore. Or that's an exaggeration. None of which are good defenders. Not elite. Not not to compete in the West. But that's why. Yeah, I'm with you. Just yeah. in general, and and think of it this way: you have no center backing them up. So if they get blown by, who's your help defense at the rim? Robert Covington or Nicholas Batum? Like that's nothing. So. Oftentimes, John Wall was involved in these lineups that looked terrible defensively. And then offensively, he didn't really have a big man to run pick and rolls with. Like, if you remember in Washington, he and Marcin Gortat was a lethal pick and roll combo. And he couldn't really shoot that well back then. His jumper got worse. He doesn't have the same elevation on his shot. He doesn't have the same burst, even though he is still fast. But he was playing in these small ball lineups where the defenses were switching everything because they knew nobody could take advantage of mismatches. And now John Wall's just playing iso ball. At this stage of his career, iso ball when guys are sagging off four feet. And I you mean, found the shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's what it became. And then people started saying, oh, look at the lineup. And look, look at the analytics. The, our lineups are way worse with John Wall on the court. Yeah, that's true. But he never really got a chance to consistently play with the big. My thing is, I just don't think we needed him. It was overkill with guards. Okay. But John Wall still belongs in the NBA off the bench somewhere, I believe. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, John Wall is, I mean, one of the things I love about the other players on your team, I love Norm, Norman Powell on this team. Um, I love his fit. And shockingly, um, I like Nicholas Batum. But I also would like you to address Marcus Morris with somebody I was excited to go to the Clippers. How are you feeling about those three? I don't know how, you know, Clipper fans feel about Marcus Morris these days. It could be a could he be a trade chip or whatever, but curious of what your thoughts are, are on on some of your other players. Um some of those three players specifically. Who do you want me to start with, Norm? Wherever you want to go. Norm is great. Uh a very, very few small section of Clipper fans on Twitter seem to not like him. They think all he does is score. And he's bad everywhere else. Um, I don't truly agree with that much. I like Norman Powell in his role as a six-man bucket getter. I really do. And I think he's a great guy. I've been a fan of him from UCLA uh, since UCLA days. So love Norman Powell. I want him on the team next year. Love Nicholas Batum. He's declined, though, even from the time he's been with the Clippers. Last year, he was not consistent, really. And that was the one thing we could always expect from him is real consistency. But he took a step uh, down defensively speed wise and obviously the three ball was very very inconsistent he'd have stretches where he was like you know five game stretch would be like one for 12 or something and then all of a sudden he would have a game where he was three for five but i still like nico i still think he could contribute next year uh on the team i just think he can't be our best option as like a power forward anymore if he's your best option at power forward you're he's like 35 like you're struggling you're not gonna win the championship then morris Man, that was a whole ordeal this season. Uh, I really like Marcus Morris um, because he's done great things for the Clippers. He's been reliable for us. Like the season without Kawhi, 2022, Kawhi missed every single game. Paul George missed 51 games. This guy and Reggie Jackson were our scoring to get us to the eighth seed. I mean, that was incredible. But this season, he started out really well. And then after the first two months, it looked like he had no juice left in his knees. He could not get off the ground on the rebounds defensively he was poor defense like he's bad and he could not score anymore inefficient and 
this carried on, carried on. And Ty Lue would still give him minutes, top five minutes on the team. It was crazy. Terrence Mann is not playing. Robert Covington is not playing. Keeps playing this guy because he has such a great personal relationship with him and so much faith in him. It peaked to me, the, the frustration of fans, to put him on the bench. When we played against the Denver Nuggets in Westbrook's second game, and he was not playing really that well at all. Everybody else was playing well. And we put this guy in for the end of the game and overtime, and he basically blows the whole game shooting shots like his confidence was shot he was shooting shots off the side of the backboard it got so bad he's getting abuse online from fans it, it, it's over the line and at that point obviously i don't agree with the abuse but Ty Lue is putting him in a position to fail you see he cannot do this anymore he can't do what you think he can do if you really think this is a championship team then you should not have him starting and playing so many minutes he's cooked he's been through a lot i thank him for what he's done but and so now Obviously, there's that whole thing about Marcus Morris on threads yesterday, talking about bum-ass Clipper fans, got me off Twitter, or something like that. He said that yesterday on threads. You're muted, I think, Malika. Hey. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't see that. Like, I, 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 need, I haven't checked threads lately, so I missed that. But, I, I yeah, that discourse, I'm, I'm really not surprised by, to be honest with you. He said, I wish I still had my Twitter, bum-ass Clipper fans, LOL. So, okay. I mean, at the end of the day, we need to trade Marcus Morris Sr. I mean, it, the time is is up. He can't contribute anymore. But I thank him for everything that he's done. Okay. 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 So what did you say? Brandon, you got anywhere you want to go? Because I was going to yeah. go to some other pieces, but go ahead. Yeah, so what happened? You know, how do you think they do uh, this year uh, and uh, – does it impact uh, the excitement? Because I'm expecting a lot of excitement out of this team as they're getting ready to, this is a big move to start to get your own destination, your own home court. You know, they're trying to get ready for that. Uh, and this is gonna be a pivotal season, uh, wondering what's gonna happen with the health of Kawhi and Paul George and the rest of the squad. Uh, one, how do you think they do this year? Uh, and two, uh, do you think they pull along a lot, a lot more fans? Does it really create a true two city? I mean, two team city, uh, because I haven't seen it like that. As long as you under the Lakers and Staples Center, I still look at it as they're like the stepchild. Now you have statues in the front. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you expect this year? Realistically, not hope, but what do you actually expect? How much? Uh, I expected a disappointment. Um, I think it's going to be an injury-riddled season again. I just hope no serious injuries to Kawhi and Paul George. But I don't have any faith in this organization and the way that they approach the regular season. Lawrence Frank and Ty Lue have said they want to take the regular season more seriously. You know who said that all of last season on Dime Dropper, on Locked On Clippers? Me. Not saying I should be coaching the team or something like that, but... You look at the history of the game. This goes back to Malika and I studying the history of the game. How many teams have won the championship below the three seed? Only two. 95 Rockets, 69 Celtics. It's not about getting to the finals. It's about winning the championship. Is that the goal? If it's winning the championship, then there's a standard. The standard is you are a top three seed. Besides Bill Russell, defending champion Celtics would won 10 times beforehand. And the Rockets... 
who had an amazing Cinderella run, picked up Clyde Drexler in the middle of the season and were the defending champions with the best player in the world on their team. We cannot say that we're the defending champions. We're the LA Clippers. We have proven nothing. So we need to approach the regular season with a, let's go get a top three seed. Let's go get 60 wins for the first time in franchise history. Why not? But they had anything but that last season and they deserve what they got because you can't cheat the game. Now, if they try, I think there's still going to be injuries along the way. But right. let me tell you something. If they try to be more serious about the regular season, less load management, more emphasis on rotations that you're going to play around playoff time earlier in the season, and Kawhi and Paul George miss about 18 games, well, I'll take that luck. And I think hopefully I'm just praying that if you take the regular season more seriously, the injury gods, the basketball gods in the injury form will reward us. And then maybe we will get a top three seed. And let me tell you something. We get a top three seed, we're in business. Because if Kawhi's healthy, we got a chance. Because that guy, let me tell you something. I have no criticism of him when he's on the court. When he's on the court, he's a beast. And I love watching him play. But my problem is I just don't. When he's not playing and he doesn't really interact with fans or anybody off the court, like then what's the what's the greatness of having Kawhi Leonard on your team? You know what I'm saying? He's not a, a guy that reps the team with pride and says, I'm Mr. Clippers. Like he doesn't do a podcast like Paul George. You don't get to really get to know the guy like that. And it's different. You just admire the way he plays the game. But when he's not really playing for you that much, like fun fact, Kawhi Leonard has never played a game in front of a sold out Clipper crowd in the playoffs ever. Still hasn't happened. One of I and I love Kawhi, but yeah, that's that's you know, like I watched Paul George's podcast um pretty religiously and and listened to it. And one of the things this week they had like a clipper special episode and you know, they were talking a little bit about, you know, how Kawhi is, you know, around the team and but fans don't get to see that. I always feel like when Kawhi retires, you ain't going to see him no more to the Hall of Fame. And then you ain't going to see him no more after that. He's going to be gone. But with Paul George, I, you know, like, it's a shame he had so many injuries um, the last few years because he was really, a really, really good wing. Um, and he can really, and I love his personality and what he can be a really good leader, but Next year, I think, you know, you guys have some interesting energy. You got Kay, Kenyon Martin Jr. coming in. Um, Russell Westbrook's going to be there for the whole season. Um, you guys retain Mason Plumley, who I felt was a pretty decent backup to um, um, Zubak. Um, so I, when I look at your roster, Russell, and, and you did, you got James Harden. We talked about that a little bit earlier, but that's his preferred destination after Houston, at the... Uh, uh, Emei Udoka pretty much blocked him going to Houston. <laughs> then he said the Clippers, but, you know, I was like, are the Clippers even excited about him? So, you know, when you look at the rest of your roster, um, I know a lot hinges on the health. They had, and one thing Tyloo did say on all the smoke, you know, they, you know, manage in a low management of those two better than they have in the past because they sat most of the season and then they got to the playoffs and you can't predict them sitting doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be happy in the playoffs. So I think they learned that. So when you look at the rest of the roster, does it even get you excited at all? Or are you just like, eh, it doesn't matter? Well, I like our roster and I like everything you said. Bringing Plumlee back, having Russell in the beginning of the season is great. 
but I don't remember. I don't remember Ty Lu saying that they didn't do load management well enough in that. I and just was reading into all the smoke a little bit, like what you know. He didn't say that necessarily. You are correct. Well, yeah, I see. I don't. Yeah, I got to see that to believe it. When it comes to, like, I I know what we signed up for with Kawhi Leonard and the back to back thing. Like, I'm okay with it. I'm okay. That's what we signed up mm -hmm. for. Mm -hmm. But it's when he sits on back to backs, like a stretch of games, or oh, it was like five games in nine nights. Like that's okay, but that's just the NBA schedule. Like that's just that's just what this is. Like that's why you get paid fifty million. You know what I'm saying? And then, of course, as you said, you can't predict injuries. So when he says it's smart, you know, we want to arrest him to get him to that point, healthy. Oh, how did that work out? Like, it didn't, it didn't work out. Like, Paul George's was a freak accident. But yeah, as far as the roster, I like our roster. I love y'all guys' roster. roster. I think you have a, if they can stay reasonably healthy, because they are going to sit for a portion of the season, like Kawhi for sure, at least back to backs. And, uh, and it, it'll be a space of time they're going to have to sit him before the playoffs to make sure his knees and all that are ready. But with Paul George, hopefully he's healthy most of the season. I think if they have Paul George with this roster for most of the season, you guys could win a nice amount of games because you guys do have a nice size. You do. I think you guys have a pretty decent roster that where you could be competitive and fight in these games. What kind of well when you say play a decent amount of games how many games are you saying for paul george about 55. That's, ah. that's what he played last year though and we were only 44 and 38. but they were both out i'm saying if you have paul george Kawhi so only four four less games yeah but i think if you had this roster full season with okay. russell with russell westbrook I'm starting to see like you have some pieces this like Russell Westbrook the entire season. That definitely makes a I difference. I think that can I think that can make a difference. Um and I do like the construction. Um so we'll I think that with Russell that could be that can help. I think that he was an energy that you guys needed in some of those and if he just had one of them off that were injured that could have helped the Clippers. So that's that's where I'm coming from. And, and as you said, Mason Plumlee off the bench, having a backup center from the mm -hmm. beginning of the season, that's massive for us. We didn't have that. And then Bones Highland will add some speed. Yes, yes. But the main thing that needs to change is Terrence Mann playing the minutes that he deserves. If that doesn't happen. And we also have Kenyon Martin Jr. now we haven't mentioned, who's going to add yes, some athleticism right. to the team. We He's need going to add some athleticism around the room. So yeah, you're right. You're right. The team absolutely is better than last season going into it around Paul and Kawhi. No doubt about that. So yeah. I think uh I think a healthy Kawhi, uh Paul George, uh reasonably healthy. <laughs> yep. Even I think they're better than an aging A D and LeBron. But I honestly think in the West you know, when you look at the top of the West, I think that and I don't see the Lakers there at this point in time. Like, I'm not saying they're falling off. Of course, they're going to be in the playoffs to me. But I, I just see it as I see the I see the Nuggets um, up there. Um, I think Memphis is going to be pretty decent next season. I don't know. I just have that in my head that they're going to be there. Um, Phoenix. You know, I see other teams like the Lakers. Yeah, LeBron's there and AD, but AD's health injury history also has been wishy-washy. We'll see if he get that extension. 
What I'm curious about also is your coach. How do you feel about Ty Lu and the coaching staff? And then I want to do like a, a rewind style, talk about your favorite Clippers team ever from the past. But let's talk about your coaching and how you feel about your coaching staff. Ty Lu's a great coach. That's, was, that's one of the best coaches we've ever had. He just had a bad season last season. Playing Morris too much, playing Reggie too much till they were getting abused by fans. Like that, he he waited that long. And then the Terrence Mann not playing enough. Covington getting over 30 DNP coaches' decisions after we had just signed him. Just a non-prioritization of defense to me in his lineup choices. Um, he had a bad season, but I hope he can bounce back from it. And the assistants, like, how do you do? You feel he has the right assistants working with um, working with the guys, or um, as far as you know, how you feel about that? I, I feel like they're fine. It's hard for me to you know tell being on the outside. Like, I, I'm not in the in the in the locker room. I'm not in the coaches room, uh, in the film room. Like, that's that would be awesome to be a fly on the wall for. But I don't really know. I think. I think we got the roster. Like, I really think we got the roster. You just got to play the right guys. And when I say play the right guys, it means you can't play such small lineups. We need some defense out there. Come on. That's it. Besides that, he's fine. I like the guy. He's a great player's coach. And he gets the most out of almost everybody that we've had. I usually ask about the assistants only because, um, like, with, the, with, with teams, you know what coaches work with, like, diehards. Like, if, say, if you hit there at a certain time, you know what coaches work with what players. Like, for instance, you know, like with the Hornets, Marlon Garrett is the one that works with Lamelo. Like you know, like in terms of who works with who, um, that's that's the only reason I ask that. And before we circle back and look at a rewind style for the Clippers, um, do you have anything you want to ask, Brandon? Man, I am. I have the I have the Clippers high on coming out of the West. I do. Uh, I I think they're going to do a lot better than most and. A lot of it due to, as you mentioned, Memphis. Memphis being uh, 25 games without your number mm -hmm. one player is going to impact mm -hmm. you no matter what. Denver's still going to do well. Uh, oh, yeah, they're going to do well, but yeah. But not as good. So I think that opens up opportunity for uh, the Clippers, aging Lakers, yada, yada, yada. Uh, do, do you think, do you think they land do you think they actually land with their starting five? Uh, and who else would come off the bench here? Uh, yeah, with their starting five, do you think it's realistic that they will get to, uh, I see them getting to around six? Uh, uh, what seed are we going to be? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I see them being being a six, not having to go to go through a play-in, um, facing probably uh, out of the West. I would say uh, maybe Phoenix. I don't, see, I don't see Phoenix being number one seed as much as people like them and talking about their top squad they're not as deep as the clippers are yeah i would say we could be anywhere between two through eight or nine to be honest like that's the window with that low damn okay well, injuries okay. injuries we yeah. don't have a okay. I mean, okay. just 
it's always possible. So I guess I'll go with five to be conservative, but like, I don't even know what to expect at this point. It's just a matter of injuries. If we're healthy with Kawhi, Kawhi is the real game changer. Like Paul George is cool. Absolutely. When Kawhi plays, we got like a, he's got one of the highest winning percentages of all time, like up there with magic. So like, of course you have to be with good teams to be, to uh to have that but he does have a good team okay you need that number one guy so and Kawhi is that guy okay okay now as we i'm gonna start adding this to these sessions when you look at your team in the past you know in history up until now what year is your favorite squad and share why they're your favorite squad um so i wanted you to do a little rewind style look back at your favorite squad so it's kind of interesting with this one. I think I'd have to go with the 2021 team because they were the curse breaker team that broke that second round curse. That thing was held over our heads forever as fans, like especially here in LA with Laker fans around us. You think people didn't care about that second round thing? I heard it like every single month growing up in school. Like we have, you haven't even made past the second round. The amount of memes I used to see it was, it was, I used to think we were never going to make it out of the second round. Like it was impossible, but that team did it. And so everybody on that team holds a special place in my heart. Here's my thing though, Malika, that I have to say, and Brandon, I, I think that team I didn't like in the regular season though, because they had just come off the bubble. So I, I didn't like the, that them at the time. I was like, you guys are, you suck. Like you guys, you guys are such disappointments. Like. I rooted for them, but I didn't like, I wouldn't personally like them individually. I was like, you guys got to get something done before I can show you all this love individually. I'm always going to show the Clippers love, but as a team, you know, or as individuals, I don't know. They got the job done. Whereas in 2014, 15, I was disappointed with the Clippers in the playoffs for blowing the 3-1 lead to Houston. But that regular season, that playoffs, like- That's my favorite I really, team. I really yeah. love Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. like. And DeAndre Jordan. I uh, really, yeah, everybody, Jamal Crawford. Yep. yep. Uh, everyone on that team. So, but, and then of course, the honorable mention, the 06 team that made me a fan Elton Brand, Sam Cassell. Yeah. Uh, okay. So. Okay. I'd say 2021, but those two right there with them. And I look at 2014 is the pivotal moment in Clippers history that started to set them on a path to have their own identity in LA. Like it was that start. Steve Ballmer takes over. They have a really nice squad. Yep, they had some failures in the playoffs, but they built their fan base. I felt like they had a lot of energy. They had a they were building a community in LA that helps them be able to have their own stadium now. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I appreciate that. My last question, and I have to ask you this because you are the historian and a, a Clippers fan. Um, what is the legacy of Chris Paul with the Clippers? So divided amongst fans. Oh my God. I, I absolutely love Chris Paul at the end of the day. Uh, I don't root for him anymore. I don't, I think all time when we're talking history, I think he's a little overrated by modern fans, but man, he might be the greatest Clipper of all time. Like he played so hard for us played through injury. Young Chris Paul was different. People thinking about Chris Paul today, younger Chris Paul was indeed that dude. Changed the culture. 
without him, there's no winning consistently like that. Um, and out for me, you know, growing up playing point guard, this is now my first point guard. When I'm growing up playing basketball, that's like a real star in the league on my team. Because the Lakers had Derek Fisher. You know, he wasn't he was a good role player, but it wasn't like this that I could really learn from. I had my own kind of Steve Nash kind of player in my city on my team. So just I mimicked so many things he did and I mean, I'll, I'll never forget the memories that he gave me. Uh, I have a very special place in my heart for Chris Paul. And uh, when he retires, I'm going to be back to being one of his biggest fans because those are life changing like memories. As a kid. I'm going to tell my kids about those at one day. Like Lob City changed everything. People don't understand how much Lob City changed everything. Yeah, yes, yes. That's what I, yeah, I'm with you. That's what I wanted you to do. I want, I didn't want to peel it out of you. I wanted you to, you know, show Live City some love. You know what I mean? And you just, you just mentioned them. So there's a chance his jersey will be retired in a new arena. It better be. It better be. That's the right language. All right, okay. 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 <laughs> I just wanted to check that. Um, Dime, appreciate you being here. And when I kick off the um, rewind series, I have some ideas. I reach out because I have to do some rewind stuff. I'm gonna do some series I'm gonna talk to you about and get your idea, get your your feedback on that. Um, and join us um, as we take a deep dive into teams in the off season. Uh, we have episodes coming up with the Rockets, Miami, and um, we even got the Hornets coming up soon. We'll just change ownership. Um, so definitely check us out and, um, check, check us next week, guys. One love. All right. Thanks. Bye.